A quick but important message from me before we get started, so please don't fast forward this. The Uncover Your Purpose three-day challenge is back. It is my free offering to women from all over the world who want to up-level their lives and learn how to find and step into their purpose. From the 27th to the 30th of March at 12.30pm GMT, I will be leading you through a powerful, impactful challenge that won't cost you anything other than 30 minutes of your time. And within that, you'll learn about identity, shadow, inner child, manifestation, and so much more. And there will be prizes up for grabs. The first one being a scholarship place on the Recondition Your Life Academy, which you all know changes women's lives. The last UIP challenge was epic and dynamic, and this one will be even bigger and better. Just head to the link in the show notes right now or go to laurenvacneen.co.uk forward slash UIP to register your place. Trust me, ladies, you don't want to miss this one. Part of receiving intuition is you've got to interpret the signs because it's speaking in code. And I think that one of the things when I'm encouraging people to dial it up or to lean into it or to study it is that you've got to be present to what for you is a distraction that pulls focus that doesn't allow you to be present enough to notice that Mm. something's tapping you on the shoulder. Hi, I'm Lauren Vaknin and you're listening to the Reconditioned Podcast. I created this podcast following my journey from severe disability since infancy to complete wellness as a way to share my passion of healing the whole self. Because I learned in my own journey to wellness and through my two decades in the wellness industry that it makes no difference what you're here to heal. It all requires the same whole person approach. We tackle everything from trauma, health optimization and neuroplasticity to manifestation, holistic parenting and everything in between to help you create an optimized life of well-being, abundance, self-mastery and purpose. You're not meant to live a life of stagnation and you're not meant to be just fine. So hang around and let me help you recondition your life back to wholeness. Welcome back to Reconditioned, everyone. Thank you for being here once again. Uh, I just appreciate you being here every time. Uh, And maybe this is the first time you're listening. So if that is the case, I truly appreciate you. Welcome to Reconditioned. I hope you enjoy what you're hearing. Um, And today's episode is with my good friend, Jen Finley. I'm so excited for you to hear this. Me and Jen could just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And unfortunately, we had to cut it an hour and a half because (laughs) it could just keep going on and we went off on tangents but fun tangents and good tangents and the reason I wanted Jen on the podcast a few episode 101 was with James Wedmore who is Jen's partner and um, she also helps him run his very successful business and his podcast the mind your business podcast which is one of the top business podcasts um I don't know on planet earth maybe and um Jen is an incredible intuitive and has deep access to her psychic gifts. And, you know, this on this podcast, we talk about all sorts of things and everything that comes under, we don't niche it here, right? And that's the reason why I created this podcast. I created this podcast as a way, as a hub for bringing together every possible topic within the world of wellness and inner growth. 
and connection to spirituality is a huge part of that. For me, I always say you've got the physical, mental and emotional healing and then the spiritual connection, spiritual development is the icing on the cake, the stuff that solidifies it all. Doing all that work is all well and good, but without having the spiritual connection and understanding what you truly are, who you truly are and where you are connected to and who you are connected to, none of the other stuff really takes root because your energy still isn't the right place. And as you know, if you listen to this podcast, everything I talk about is energy because everything is energy. Everything that exists in this universe has a vibrational structure. Therefore, everything is energy. And we call towards us the energy that vibrates at the same frequency as the things we're putting out, which is how manifestation works. So everything is spiritual, right? So when people go, I'm not spiritual. Okay, you are. You are because you're a spirit. You're a cosmic being. You just happen to be having a human experience right now. And this human experience you're having might be new. You might not have been here many times before. So maybe on your journey right now, you believe that the 3D is all there is. And that's cool. No judgment there because that's where you're at. And that is fine that that's what, where you're at with it. Um, but you are in fact a spirit. So there. Uh, <laughs> and um, th there's just no getting around it. Like, And I've had so many experiences my whole life. My whole life has been series a series after series of experiences that show me how deeply I am connected to my my higher self the capital S self source divine energy whatever you want to call it and um the more I go on in my journey the more I work with my shaman the more I develop my spiritual practice my meditation practice the more I just even go out and walk in nature and look at it and go, just this is just magical, magnificent. This can't just be all there is, right? This has come from somewhere like, look at the way a tree breathes for God's sake. How can that just be nothing? And the more I go on, the happier I become because I'm able to look at trees and go, wow, it might, something crap might've happened in my day, but wow, look, the tree's breathing. The flowers are blooming. Like life is incredible. That is spirituality. So the more I go on, the more I just kind of, deepen my spiritual practice and and then I look back and my whole life even my childhood of experiences I had with spirit you know psychic gifts whatever you want to call it and Jen and I go into this in depth in this episode but more importantly for those of you listening who are interested in this but don't know where to start Jen gives tangible tools on how to start developing those skills more so how to develop your intuition how to move more deeply into that place of intuition and how to know uh, what your primary Claire is as in clairvoyance clairaudience um she will go into all of that she'll explain that if you don't know what that is yet but how to notice which is your primary one and how to develop on it um so that was really cool and I'm excited for you guys to hear it so um, enjoy the episode and let me know your thoughts as always on when I post this on Instagram at Lauren Vacneen. Obviously you can find Jen. Um, I've put her Instagram details in the show notes. And for those who have not yet seen or would like to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, I have a few events coming up. So go to the website, check those out. I have a very special couples healing workshop. If you want to go deep into the work of healing within your partnership, creating a sacred conscious union, getting yourself and your partner to a place of deep 
healing, deep internal knowing so that you can come together in sacred union. This is for you. It is incredible. It's going to be an incredible day. I'm hosting it alongside my husband as well, which will be super fun. Um, and then I'm going to be taking some workshops at the big retreat festival in June. So check them out. Uh, I've got some other festivals and stuff coming up. I have got a couple of online workshops for killing kittens. Um, so do check those out because anyone can join those. Um, they will be on my website and they will also be on the killing kittens website. They're online workshops, um, mostly around, um, divine feminine body image and then using your sexuality to call in financial abundance it's sexual alchemy that one's called so that will be fab and then in December I'm hosting a winter retreat in the beautiful 42 acres retreat space in Somerset that is going to be immensely beautiful so check those out on my website and um, I will look forward to hearing your thoughts on this episode so without Further ado, here is Jennifer Finley. Jennifer Finley is a performance and leadership coach and co-host of the Mind Your Business podcast alongside her partner, James Wedmore. She is the growth team manager for Team Wedmore, the head coach for James's Performance Mastermind and program director for Indispensable Leadership Academy. Jen is trained in multiple coaching methodologies, including neuro-linguistic programming, co-active training institute, and currently studying at Robbins Madonna's training. She holds two certifications in neuro-linguistic programming, including one from the founder of NLP, Dr. Richard Bandler. Jen has 600 plus hours certified training in yogic philosophy, asana, yang and yin practices, mindfulness and meditation. She is also a Yusui Reiki master, apprenticing for many years with master healers, learning the art of intuition, energy healing and psychic reading. And I'm so excited to have her here. Jen, hi. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Lauren, good morning just, for me. Good evening for you. Good evening <laughs> for me. Good morning for you. That a little bit more normal times than when I recorded with James because that was like yes. in the middle of the night, early hours of morning for him. So he's cray. <laughs> well, that's when he comes online, you know. He know. he starts he starts getting that creative flow around. 9 p.m. every evening. <laughs> I, I feel like, because I have a friend who lives um, in Malibu and she's up, like she speaks to me at like one, two in the morning and she's painting yeah. and she's outside on her deck and doing, and I feel like if I lived in a hot country and also maybe if I didn't have kids, like my kids wake up at like five o'clock, I just can't do that. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, and we, we joke that the energy in Sedona, sometimes you I just know. have to go with it because- the even last night the energy was so high and I was awake at two in the morning going. I know you were messaging me. <laughs> I know. Um, so so I feel like it's a more more conductive here to stay up at night, especially around the full moon, because we're just in the middle of these vortexes. But yes, we're night owls over here. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And actually, let's get onto that a bit later about you know these vortexes and these portals of energy, and let's get onto all of that. Yeah. Before we start, as you know, I always start by asking the same question. So what have you done so far today to support your wellness? Today, like every day, I woke up to a 
puppy cuddle. Aww, <laughs> and he's not exactly a puppy, is he? Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, they are not. They're I call them puppies. Um, they I've got two dogs. One is Indiana Bones, our little uh 40 pound Australian shepherd. She's a female, and then our big boy Bruce Wayne, who is a 95 pound Rottweiler. And you've never met a dog that's thinks he's a lap dog. He is, he <laughs> needs a cuddle in the morning. So he has this huge bed and I just get in his bed with him and he snuggles with me for a few minutes. And it just fills my heart up with this warm heart. And, you know, they're just pure love. There's dogs, nothing, there's I think. nothing like dog cuddles. There's nothing like it. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. And just to kick off, I kick off the morning with that, even before I let them out to go potty or feed them we do a, a cuddle huddle <laughs> oh I love it so that's your way to start your morning which I think is lovely because that actually releases like happy hormones so that mm-hmm. is yeah I get that endorphin rush <laughs> yeah conducive to wellness for sure so we've got so much to talk about and I know you and I kind of get on it and then we don't stop so yeah I want to start here for those who who don't know you and haven't you've never been on the podcast before you have quite a background when it comes to spirituality, intuition, your psychic gifts, as well as being like this badass entrepreneur and businesswoman. <laughs> um, so can you talk, can you take us through your background and kind of how all this fits together? Yes. So let's see, I, where to begin? I grew up in an environment that was very psychically open. Um, my, my ancestry is native American on both sides, actually, but my mom in particular is extremely psychic and I'm an identical twin Mm -hmm. and my mom and my grandmother raised my sister and I with this beautiful openness of being able to communicate. They always told us we communicate within the family. They never presented it to me as like, we're going to pass you use this gift on other people or to read others, but uh, when I was, I remember being four years old is the first memory I have of tuning in psychically. And I had lost my favorite pencil. It was one of those, you remember those in the nineties, a little pencil with a fuzzy teddy bear on the top. Yes. So I, I asked, and I grew up in a, a Christian upbringing. So I, I prayed to my angels and asked, where is it? And I heard, um, in my left ear, go to this place, open this cabinet, open this box. I had a little stationary box and I forgot that I'd put it in this cabinet. So I go and I open the box and there it is. And I, my mom was helping me look for it. And she said, where, how did you find it? And I said, oh, my angels told me where it was. Mm -hmm. And rather than going, what? My mom said, oh, very good. Yes. That's so good Mm -hmm. that you're talking to your angels. And my mother and my grandmother, anytime that my sister and I would have dreams or we would come to them and say, I dreamt that I met our our grandfather or I saw Mimi in heaven. She told me this. They would always like, wow, the children are so in tune. So I grew up in that environment and I think I just expanded it more and more in the container as I began to be really interested in the dynamics of spirituality. Like I said, I grew up in a very um, traditional Christian upbringing, private schools, and, and that was always the pathway that I was given. Um, or presented with as a as a child. And then um, when I became a young adult, I took a course in world religion. And my teacher was an author of, um, he was a pluralist. He believed like, the way he explains it in his book is like, if you imagine that there's a huge subway map of how to get to God or how to get to enlightenment and consciousness or source, 
and there's all these routes on the map. And some people choose the blue line because they know that gets them where they want to go. But there's also all these other maps. If you know the London tube system, you could take the blue line and then skip to the red line and then get on the brown line. And eventually you would get where you want to go. And that concept interested me so much. So I started delving into Buddhism and I was like constructing these papers of like, look at the parallels, look at the parallels of what the Buddha taught to what Christ taught and what Mm -hmm. Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita. And then I started studying yoga and then I met my Reiki master and these teachers kept magnetizing into my life by uh, some might say coincidence, but I think I just attracted them. They would just kind of walk into my life and I go, you're my next teacher. And I became obsessed with learning about the world religions and energy and mindfulness. And how do these intersect? James introduced me to NLP really because he and I in 20, 2009, I think, got really interested in Tony Robbins. And my Reiki master at the time had been had done NLP training with Tony back in the oh. 80s, I think. And she was talking to us about firewalks. And we were like, what? We got to learn about this. So I feel like that's NLP is what bridged me from the woo-woo spirituality side <laughs> to performance coaching and how it could apply to business. Um, the way that when I started getting certified in NLP, and as you said in my bio, I've got two certifications. And I went and studied with the guy that founded it, Dr. Richard Bandler, which I get DMs all the time. Where do I study NLP? And I always say, if you're going to study it, go to the source because he's still teaching. And NLP is like the science of I wish I studied it under him. Well, you know, go get an. I can still do do it. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'll do another. Let's go together. I'll do it again. Let's do Um, it. You know, he teaches in London. So I'll just come over there. You and I will go to um, a Richard Bandler training. Well, that's your next excuse um, to come to London. I know how much you love it. I love it. I'll come get my (laughs) master crack um, because I have a a normal certificate. I'm not master level yet. And James and I have been wanting to do our master back certs. But when I learned that, I thought, wow, this is teaching in meditation, you're looking at the way that you receive thoughts. What's your brain doing? You're thinking all the time and you're releasing that. I'm I'm going to release the thinking mind or the monkeys on the leash as the mm-hmm. Buddha would say. And then in NLP, you're learning actually the sequence in which you're thinking. Like, are you getting a picture? Are you receiving a feeling? Are you talking to yourself in your own head or are you paying attention to something that's auditory outside of you? And so I started exploring bridging these two worlds of neurolinguistics, meditation, and spirituality. And then I just kind of carved out a niche for myself. With At the time I was working with Lululemon where I spent over a decade working there and like teaching meditation to athletes, teaching meditation inside of teams, performance coaching using NLP. And my career at Lululemon as a manager trained me in business. We we joke at Lululemon that Lululemon is secretly an MBA uh, in business. That you're if you if you're in the management program there, you're getting trained in how to run a multi million dollar business and drive team performance. And so I had these two interests, like the the spiritual yogic world, and then this performance coach. And now. What I do on Team Wedmore is this beautiful marriage of the two of those, which is just, I 10 years ago, Lauren, I wrote a goal that I would be a performance coach that could go in 
to businesses and a, a CEO could tell me, this is the breakdown we're having. And I would go in and say, here's the, this is the content you need. I'm going to deliver it. I'll produce the breakthrough for your team. And I wrote at Lululemon and then I scratched it out and was like, I better be a little bit more open about, cause I don't really care where this comes in. And when James offered me my role for indispensable leadership Academy to run my own program, that was the realization of a goal I had written nine years ago. So now wow. that's exactly what I do inside of his mastermind and with his clients. But yeah, that's a, that my long-winded answers. You're going to bear no, with No, I my like the long-winded story. answers because we really get to know you. So you're yes. really, like you say, marrying the two between, you know, kind of spirituality and business. And I love talking about this. I really love talking about this. And actually, maybe it was... James, who inspired a lot of this in me, probably. Um, and, but kind of, although I've always had this in me, right? Because I've always been, you know, quote unquote spiritual, um, also raised by, you know, spiritualists. And you were saying about how your mum, you know, that it was never yeah. weird. They were like, oh, okay, cool. What did they say? Like, you know, it yeah. was the same. When I got diagnosed with arthritis when I was two, one of the first things my mom did was take me to a spiritual healer, a psychic surgeon. And he's like hugely world-renowned now, this guy. And I was going to him for years. Yeah, his name's Ray Brown. And he channeled um, the spirit wow. of this guy called Paul of, I'm going to probably get it wrong, but Paul of Circes or something like that. And we would uh -huh. see him go into trance. Like we would literally see his face change. Oh, his I'm getting chills all over my body. Wow. You would love this guy. You got to look him up, Ray Brown. And he, I haven't seen him for years, but it wasn't like, like I can go like this and my voice will change, but you can still see no, but here. It's my voice. Yeah. His voice, which like everything yeah, about yeah. him. And I was super young, right? I was like four, five, six, seven, like going for years. And my mom used to say she could see the steam coming out of his head, which she saw wow. as steam. Now we understand she was seeing the energy. Fields, and yeah. Yes. So like that was my experience never being, and we never had a fear of death in our family. It was like completely, you know, angels. No, you know and what's all of so that. funny is um, same with my family and my, and also whenever someone passed in my family, we had this tradition where they tell you what sign they were going to send when they made it to the other side. Uh, yeah. Well, we <laughs> kind of had that with my grandma story. as well. And, yeah, and the the like wild, like my, my, when my great grandmother passed my Mimi, um, my my grandmother, so her daughter, had roses planted in her backyard that were uh, Don Juan roses, red roses. And in Texas, you know, the winter comes, it freezes, the roses go away, and then in the spring they rebloom. In the spring after she passed, they rebloomed and they were white. <gasps> and my all the children, my my grandmother's children, so my aunt, uncle, and my mom said. Mary Jane, did you replant these roses? When did you do this? And she said, no, Mimi did that. And the whole family was like, oh, yeah, she's on the other side. You know, it wasn't like, what? That's not yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's the signal. Yeah. But don't you think, see, like, that. this is a whole subject in itself, right? Because I talk a lot in my yes. work about childhood conditioning and how everything is conditioning, right? Like the way we become and the identity we operate from as adults is based mm -hmm. on the conditioning put on us as children. Unintentional yeah. conditioning, our parents, you know, mostly doing their best and whatever, but these little things they say, these little ways that they condition us into. So if your parents would have been like, don't be silly, the angels, there are no angels. And- mm -hmm. 
and yes. uh, she must have something must have happened in the ground that year for the for the roses right. to have yeah. changed you know but they didn't they let that flourish in you and then so then what that did was allow you to develop that whereas if they would have said something else perhaps that wouldn't have developed in you because that would have been yes. you know kind of crushed in you yeah and you know what i appreciate that my mom did looking back it's so funny when you when you surpass the age that your parents were when they were raising right. you and you're like oh. You, I'm like having an appreciation for how young you were and you were just doing your best, you know, uh-huh. but my mom um, listened to the episodes that James, Catherine and I recorded. Yeah, they were great episodes. She, oh, thank you. We had, we had a blast recording those and we've got, we're, we've got a, a plan for, for a sequel. We've got more coming, but um, she reached out to me and said, I'm listening to this and you were talking about what shuts off intuition for people. And I want to add something, you know, I think that it's that, it's not broadly accepted in society or within families or communities. And so when people say, no, 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 that's, that's, that's weird. I hear that's weird all the time. And that was something that was one of the first things that my Reiki master corrected me on was if you want it to be weird, keep saying that, but if you want it to be your normal, then you should say, oh, how cool. Or like, oh, thank you for that message. Right. And I love that my mom um, she, she would keep those things private if she knew that she didn't have the right audience, you know, like she wasn't walking out into her social circle going, everyone, everyone, my <laughs> grandmother just turned the roses in the backyard white. <laughs> she wasn't going to invite that skepticism in central Texas. <laughs> you know? And, um, and, but she still was like between the family, we were like, I, be- I know, I believe that that's what happened, you know? Yeah. Totally. And you, know what it, you said that made me think of something was that this, um, the disjointedness that people have between their spirituality and their business life. I think that does come into play with wellness. And I would love your perspective on this too, that when people split their life up into those categories of this is who I am over here, right. this is who I am at work, mm. then actually it can cause a lot of undue stress in the body. And that's something that I had to learn too, because originally when I went, when I said, I want to be a leader at Lululemon, the team related to me as like the healer. I was the the yogi, the healer. It was not uncommon to walk into work and have someone pull me aside and go, Jen, can you give me a psychic reading? I'm dating a new guy. I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I had to establish like, what's the what's the version of me that's, that's not walking in as the healer. I'm walking in as the manager, as the leader. And for a while I swung the pendulum too far away from that. And it was like, I stopped wearing color. I started dressing in all black. I stopped talking about anything that was spiritual or anything personal. It was like, people knew that I did that, but only my close friends. Mm. And then I started to kind of weave it back as I learned, I think a lot of um, business people can do that is the more you develop your career, the more you start to crack open that nut of like, I can show up as my whole self at right. work. And Brene Brown does a beautiful job of that too, of explaining how do you do that? How do you be vulnerable and open in yourself, but also have authority and and lead? But I think that's a key to wellness is being able to integrate yourself in all areas Absolutely. of your life. This season of Reconditioned is made possible thanks to Terra. And I'm a little bit obsessed with them and I want to tell you why. So if you follow me on social media, you'll know I talk about mushrooms a fair bit. Yes, I am that wild and no, not the psychedelic kind. Not this time anyway. I've known about the crazy health benefits of medicinal mushrooms for a while, especially 
especially after watching Fantastic Fungi on Netflix, but I never found a brand that I fully trusted. And then I came across Hifas Deterra, and I am not exaggerating when I say it has been life-changing. They have medicinal mushroom products to support autoimmune diseases, allergies, hormonal imbalances, gut health, brain function, emotional well-being, musculoskeletal issues, the list is endless. And because they're one of the few mycotherapy companies to actually carry out clinical trials on their products, they've been able to develop their Onco range, specifically for cancer. And potentially my favorite, they have products for children's immune systems and the gut-brain axis. Great for ADHD, sensory issues, and gut support. These have got my kids through this winter of illness and they've made a huge difference to my son's sensory challenges. I'm swearing by them. Hifastatera mushrooms are not only certified organic, but they use the fruiting body of the mushroom as opposed to the root, which even the so-called top mycotherapy companies are not doing because it's more time consuming and more expensive, but Hifas are. Spoiler, you get more benefits from the fruiting body, which is one of the reasons Hifas products are more effective. The concentration and content of their products are also much higher than standard brands, and the company are constantly striving for quality, effectiveness, and safety, putting over 60% of their profits back into research. These products have changed my life, and I want you all to have access to this level of healing. So visit hifasdaterra.co.uk that's H-I-F-A-S-D-A-T-E-R-R-A.co.uk and use code Lauren15 for 15% discount. Thank you so much to Hifas Deterra. Absolutely, because if you're not doing that, you're not acting from a place of authenticity. And as you know, because I know how much you know about manifestation, there is no ability to manifest because you're not vibrating at a high enough frequency if you're not operating from authenticity. Right. So like, I always think that bringing that all in together, integrating it together, and this is, we'll go on to intuition now because I really want to delve into that, but that's kind of where I was going with how important it always was for me to, um, to integrate those. Right. Because it's like, you can, uh, and I see this on like the different kind of posts I have to post on, on Instagram to what I have to post on LinkedIn to all the business people that are watching. And I'm like, no, I'm still going to be my woo self because actually that I can't operate from a place of inauthenticity. And I find that, and I know you'll agree with this. And I know Catherine absolutely agrees with this. And she's actually coming on the podcast in a couple of months. Is that good? Yeah. I'm so excited. is that when you start operating from that place of complete authenticity, then you become magnetic to your manifestation. So you become more abundant. So you think that you're repelling people, but actually Mm -hmm. you're attracting to you what's meant to come to you. So even if you're, you know, I don't want to use the word repelling, but repelling the people who are not meant for you, that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, that's Um, okay. Yeah, totally. Yes. Yeah. I love that point of authenticity. It's come, it almost brings up that conversation of the law of integrity that when you, when you are, when you're in sync with your soul is how James puts it, you know, wellness is in being in alignment is being in sync with your soul. That, 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 um, that is like a magnet that that's, I call it the cosmic flypaper, (laughs) you know, that that like, that gratitude and alignment and integrity are are the cosmic flypaper for bringing the things into your life that you want more of. And 
what a gift to when you align with your true self, then the universe starts bringing you things that are also in line with your true right. self. Because, you know, like that, I always say to my clients as well, and like, I always use my own story of this. I was doing all the right things, you know, quote unquote, the right things for my health. I'd already studied nutrition. I was doing all the right supplements. I knew what my deficiencies were, yada, yada, yada. Why was I still not healing? I didn't heal until I had healed every aspect of myself, right? So I had to get to the point where my physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of self were all aligning. They were all, I had healed my trauma and I was, you know, really developing my spiritual practice and I'd healed my inner child and I had worked towards my purpose and I was operating from authenticity and, you know, all the other myriad things that come with it, ancestral healing, like all the stuff I teach that all has to align and integrate together. And that is what creates wellness. So I love that you kind of brought wellness into it because for me, it was coming from a place of, you know, severe chronic illness, really having to align all of that because that is me operating authentically, uncovering all the conditioning, uncovering all the crap that took me out of being who I was meant to be before all of that. And regardless of doing all those things for my physical body, there was no healing until I'd healed my whole self. So you know what's so interesting about that, that I find that is broadly accepted in the 3D, but then people have trouble accepting this sometimes on some people that are more, you know, logical thinkers are going, what do you mean I have to heal spiritually in order to heal my body? But what's so intriguing to me is as a metaphor in Sedona, we have lots of furry creatures. We're in the middle of the wilderness and especially we live backing up to a national park. So my car has been in the shop for, I just got it back. It's been in the shop for three months because a a little furry creature, I'm going to say a mouse because that makes me feel better about whatever was chewing my engine, destroyed the engine. And we had to have so much work done on it for three months. They're, They're like, well, we replaced that, but now we found this. And we we replaced that, but it just won't turn on. And they kept calling me back with these updates of, well, it should be working, but it's not yet. And then when I went to pick it up, I turned it on and the steering wheel was trembling, just ever, just slightly like, like just vibrating. And the woman behind the desk went, well, we didn't balance the tires. Maybe the tires need to be balanced. So they go back and they balance the tires and then it's resolved. Right. <laughs> but what's so fascinating to me about that was there were about 15 things wrong. It wasn't just the engine. Right. And that last piece was we're going to balance the tires. And I think that's how I approach wellness is what's going on external, internal, your diet, your thinking, your practices, your habits, your stress level, your relationships, mm-hmm. what you what you say to yourself, what you say to others. Some people are extraordinarily kind to others, but they don't give that right. kindness to yourself. And when you start scientifically looking at the effect that words have on water, which we've now- Oh my God, yeah. The nanoparticles of water hold the water memory. so fascinating. You know, you've got to be speaking, we got to be speaking good stuff into that body. And if you don't expect it to form some sort of crystal that you don't want in there. Absolutely. And that's how it happens. And this is why I say to people like your thoughts will metastasize into something else, right? Do you want them to metastasize into a mass, a cancer, or would you like them to metastasize into the manifestation of, you know, the life of your dreams and, you know, because it will go whichever way you choose. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. I, you are like the intuition queen and you (laughs) have developed many practices as well around intuition. And this is something I love. And this was the main reason that I wanted to get you on today because 
I I love to give people tools, right? I love to give people tangible things mm-hmm. that they can actually do to up-level their lives. So let's talk about intuition and all your yes. ways of strengthening intuition. And like, what even is intuition at the most basic level? And I just want to start here very quickly because I want to let you go off on a tangent and really take it where you need to go. But for anyone out there, woman or man who has not read Women Who Run With The Wolves, have you read that book? No. You know what? It's been on my list for forever. And that's wild that you suggested that because one of the teachers that showed up in my life when I moved to Australia was my yoga teacher, Santina. And she was reading that book when I was studying with her and she popped in my head. This here's intuition full circle. When you were asking about my, my journey, I got an image of her in my head of like, that was, that was the first person that I took yoga from where I understood what I had been doing for 10 years wasn't yoga. <laughs> right. You know, I think that there's a lot of yoga in the West that's more about let's move the body really quickly and, right. and tone arms and get a workout. And and for the first time when I started studying with her, I, I had this link of like yoga can actually be this doorway of conditioning the mind to stay in an uncomfortable place and yet find the ease and the beauty in it. And as she started to teach me that, then I leaned into, I think I want to teach yoga and and go do my certification. And that is one of her favorite books. And that is the book she was reading. I mean, there are entire societies around this book, uncovering, unraveling the lessons, the gifts in this book. And it's not something that you just read from cover to cover, like a novel. It's a Bible. You go back to it, you leave it, you come back. Like your intuition tells you when you want to read it and when you don't. I'm currently rereading it. Okay. I'm going to read, I'm going to read it for the first time with you. Oh, yay. (laughs) Yay. And there are so many, like, you'll love it because of all the fables and it's all, it's all fables. Mm. It's ancient fairy tales and fables and stuff. And um, it's all about the connection to the inner wild woman right? And by that, she doesn't mean like a crazy woman running around the desert naked. She means like the wild woman is the woman who has not been tamed by society, by conditioning. The woman that we were meant to be before any of that happened. And before any of that happened, what did we have deep access to? Because what is our number one gift as a woman? It's our intuition, right? That is the feminine. The feminine energy is all about intuition. And Mm -hmm. so I'm so I've become so much more deeply connected. I've always had deep access to my intuition. Um, but definitely over the last few years developed that. But I love all your little practices and stuff you have for doing that. So take us deep into intuition, okay. please. So, well, at first I started developing these practices because I when I met my Reiki master, she was so incredibly tuned in that I was like, this is a superpower. She, I told this story on the podcast. So if you've, if you've heard the intuition episodes that James and I have, I talk about this inciting incident of, whoa, I want to learn to do that. I met her for the first time at, I was teaching ballet fitness in Los Angeles and she walked in. This is how I recall it happening. I don't even think she said hello to me. She walked in and hugged me and then whispered in my ear. It's not your fault that your father's sick. (gasps) I just, burst into tears and kind of fell into her. And then she walked into the studio locker room to change for the class. And I turned and looked at my boss at the time and said, who is that? And he said, that's my best friend. 
she's a Reiki master. She does that to people. (laughs) And I just went up to her and was like, I want to learn everything that you have to teach. Please, may I be your apprentice? And every Monday for four years, I would go to her house in Pasadena uh-huh. and I would, we would, there had to be an energy exchange, the law of Aini and reciprocity. Yep. So I would offer her a Reiki healing to the best of my capacity to whatever level I had learned. And then she would just let me be with her for the day and ask her any questions that I wanted. And she was so open that uh, this is a true story. She was actually playing with a dog when she was a child. And her family didn't tell her that that was a dead dog. She was playing with like the ghost of a dog. And she just, oh, the dog goes to sleep on my bed every night. And she was that way. Like she would, we were eating lunch one time, me, James's sister and um, Arlita. And she is eating and Jill and I are having a conversation and she looks up and she goes, Jill, is your boyfriend, Jill's husband now, um, is your boyfriend an architect? And she went, Yes. And she puts her head down and we go and Jill and I look at each other and we're like, okay, that was, that was cool. And we just keep talking. And then she looks back up and she goes, and he's not from here. He's from Scotland, England. And, and Jill goes, yeah, he's, he's English, but his family's Scottish. And then she just went back to eating her lunch, you know, and that was common. So, um, she, I was, I was studying with her and I learned so much. I think that's the best way to learn is to find someone that you want to emulate and you want to learn from and just say like, I'm going to watch you. I want to observe you. I want to pay attention to how you do this. And one thing that I observed her doing was she was always willing to stop her day to go. I think I'm receiving something right now. You know, she didn't walk into my studio and go, Oh, that woman needs to hear her that her father's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, she just, she got that and then she delivered the message. And, but inside of that, I also started learning meditation and paying attention to what turns this on, what turns up the volume. I, I use a lot of sound words. If you're, if you're in NLP, you can hear I'm extremely audio. So my language is auditory, you know, um, what, what makes it louder? What turns the volume up? What can you hear? Uh, James is very visual. So, he, and so are you uh, clairaudient then? I, that's my primary. Right. And I have this theory that when you learn your uh, primary learning modality in NLP, it could be also your primary psychic receiving mode. I was uh, clear. I'm, I'm clairvoyant, but clairaudience is the one that I was most comfortable with and that came in first. Mm-hmm. And um, clairaudient kids, uh, if, if anyone's listening out there and you had a lot of ear infections when you were a kid, that's very common for clairaudient children that when you're a kid, you're just like too much, too much stimulus. And your body has a physical reaction of I'm going to block this out. Wow. And my mom said, well, I had chronic ear infections as a, as a kiddo. But um, I started paying attention to when do I receive guidance and what is the difference between my inner voice and my intuition? And for me, intuition is that level of tuning to the invisible thread that's connecting us to source, our guides, our support system to spirit. And you can select just like when you pick up the telephone and you select who you want to talk to. I think that our communication is almost on this echelon of um, like a pyramid. Imagine a, a, a pyramid of hierarchy. Like if we start with earth, earthbound guides, 
animals showing up. My mom finds feathers on her path all the time. The Native Americans were very big on that animals show up as communicators, that the spirit of animals can tell you something about what's happening for you in the 3D realm. And so that's the first level of unlocking intuition sometimes is something that's more in the 3D. Like I always Mm. say, clairvoyance, first level, level one on the ground floor would be, I see feathers a lot. I see animals a lot. I don't know why, but a hawk follows me around. Um, I see the same word written on, on over and over. I hear the same song on the radio. I look at the clock and I see the same numbers. I see 1111. These are things that are happening on the earth plane that are 3D. Mm-hmm. And when I first started tapping into, I want to communicate with my guides, the first thing that happened was I started seeing white cranes everywhere, like physically white cranes. And one time I was driving to James's house on the 405 freeway in the middle of downtown LA, and I had my sunroof open and a white crane came and hovered <gasps> over my car, over the sunroof. like, And it was to the level where I was kind of freaked out by it because it was huge. The wingspan was bigger than my car and it just traveled with me up the freeway for a little while. And that I think is that's level one is pay attention to the signs that are showing up and that's trying to communicate with you. And when Mm -hmm. you're open to that, just like having a conversation with a friend, if we're talking and you're, you keep looking away and yeah, yeah, that's fine, Jen. I'm going to go do something else. I'm not interested then you might be inclined to stop communicating. But if I'm leaning in, I'm going, wow, this is amazing. Thank you. What else do you have to say? What else do I need to learn? Then we can move up a level. And and a level above that might be um, the mystic realm. That's like, now we're talking about Harry Potter magic, like seeing energy or dragons or mystic. Like um, our, our little niece has a connection to unicorn. She just loves unicorn energy. And, and so the next level up for me was I started seeing the word dragon and seeing figures of dragon everywhere. And my Reiki master, when I first started studying Reiki said, there's someone who walks in the room with a big dragon. And I went, what? That is so cool. Oh my gosh. I want a dragon. And then two years later, cut to two years of intense study of awakening my intuition. And I started seeing the word dragon sensing dragons. It would be like, you know, I'm driving on the freeway and then a truck with a dragon drives by. And finally I'm at a crystal store and I pick up this ornate carved jade piece that I have no idea what it is. And I said, I'll take this one. And the man says, Oh, the dragon. And I call her and I say, do I have a dragon totem? Is is a dragon part of my guidance? And she said, I've waited two years for you to tell me that you are the one with the dragon. And I told my mom and then she tells me that as a kid, I would carry around this little white dragon. And when she told me that it all came flooding back, that as a child, I was really open to that and I was connected to that. And then as an adult, I just went, oh, dragons aren't real, you know? And then a tear up from that. Wait, hold on. I'm going to stop you and ask you to elaborate just on that. For those people who maybe aren't familiar or aren't as woo as you and me. (laughs) Yes. Yet. (laughs) yet we will convert you all don't you worry um (laughs) come to the woo waters waterstorm (laughs) come to the other side it's fun over here it's fucking hard but it's also fun um yes (laughs) dragons and fairies and unicorns a lot of people will be like okay yeah but it's not real right can you just speak to that for a second so we have some clarity on what that means having a dragon totem yeah 
I met this, this healer one time, he came to guest speak at my yoga teacher training and he always recorded himself teaching so that he could repurpose it in his content as we do, as we content creators do. And he called me, he asked the yoga studio for my phone number and he sends me a text message and says, I'm doing this for about 10 years and never has someone wandered into the frame while I'm recording. And, and you, you're the back of your head kept wandering into the frame of the camera and then back out. And I've never seen that happen. So I reached out to the studio and I said, can you identify what student this is? I need to meet her. And when I met him, he and I just like, like when you and I met, we just start talking about energy and connection. And he's extremely skilled in Chinese medicine and he started talking to me about, I said, well, you know, I always connect with uh, dragons and I love that, you know, in Chinese medicine and mythology, there's all these tigers and dragons. And I love that. And he was like, you know, I really think that dragons are just on a different vibrational level. And that's kind of more accepted on the East that the reason we can't see them is they're on this different frequency. So I, I look at it in two realms. For the more woo of us, we could say that they're 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 vibrating at a different level, the same way that you can't hear the frequency of high pitched noises. Perhaps there's a realm. And actually, if you watch the History Channel, they've got some cool documentaries on like were dragons ever real? Because mm -hmm. there's they show up in all these different culture folklores. Yeah. But then for a more left left brain thinker, like more logic, we could think like, well, what about just the energy? of it or the the as a metaphor of like this right. mythical powerful winged anything with wings in almost every ancient culture represents the the um the middle ground between being a human and being source or or god and so what if there is this middle ground of you know beings but also creatures that and that's how i like to think of it is like there's got to be the the wings on a dragon just represent the uh, the animal kingdom that's in that middle plane, which is that next level of um, the next thing that started coming in for me was archangels. And I just in my mind started seeing these white wings, these huge white wings. And then I realized I think I'm connecting to archangel energy. And um, my Jill, uh, James's sister and his mother and my mother, the four of us are all convinced that we're from the same angelic like realm and that and and actually DX has said he gives you a little like tic tac hints of like well you know Jill's very tuned in to to this angelic realm and um and DX for those I, listening who aren't who aren't sure is uh, is the shaman that we work with just yes who, who yeah so sure that's my, my archangel pendant and that's, I think that realm of um, guardian beings who are not human, but on a different dimension that are here to guide, protect and, and serve and, 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 you know, pull us upward. And then if you go upward from that, you could say just like direct link to source, which, you know, if you, if you talk to people who um, meditate a lot or, uh, or, or do yoga or, or have a deeply religious practice in every religion in the world. There's this, they have a word for it. You know, you might call it nirvana or, um, but it's that, that I've accessed God or, or yeah. source, you know, and I think that you can allow your intuition to evolve upwards. And I always tell people, 
don't be shy to start on the ground floor. You start with the numbers on the clock, the, the, the 3D experience. And then as you keep leaning in, pay attention to the way that your body receives information. The way that I trained James was anytime he went, dang it, there was a part of me that knew that wasn't the right thing to do with the mistakes. I go, okay, let's talk about that part of you. So where was that part of you? Was it a voice? Was it a feeling? Was it a sensation? James is tricky because he's claircognizant, which is the most difficult uh, modality to link into. You and I being more clairvoyant, we get to go, oh, I had a dream and I had a vision <laughs> and I I saw an auric field. And he just thinks that's so cool. And that would be awesome. That would be the superpower to have. Claircognition is more, I don't know how I know, but I know. And when you talk to people about, do have you ever had an experience where you got a gut feeling or you met someone and you just felt linked to them in, or you met someone and you wanted to back away, you don't know what it was, but you just felt, I know, or you were forced to make a decision and it didn't make logical sense, but you knew what to choose. That's your guidance, your intuition. And I think that there's inner compass, which is being in alignment with myself. Like, and that's where, you know, muscle testing or being in integrity with yourself can come in that your, your body is your subconscious mind. Your body knows what's in alignment with me. But then beyond that, we're connected and there's guidance waiting for you with this, the spirit realm, your ancestors, uh, your spirit guides, the ascended masters, direct link to source, and that you can request guidance from whatever guide you feel comfortable connecting with. James right. loves animals. So he'll ask the animal kingdom to support him in decision-making. Like he went for a walk one day and said, I asked for two signs and, and I think he's picked the animals even. He came back and was like, I saw a tarantula, which I have never seen living in Arizona for two years. I've never seen a tarantula cross my path. And he asked, I want a clear sign from an animal. If this is the right path, tarantula walks across his path on the road on his walk. And then he saw, I think a coyote. And, um, so coming back from the walk going, Oh, I got confirmation. The animal showed up to, you know, and, and I'll say, I want a message from the birds. I'm, I'm always connected with, to thing with things with wings. So I pay attention when a bird flies by or when two birds fly by, then that's me going, Oh, they want me to hear something. And so as you, you lean in wherever you're comfortable and then you know, if you have someone like, I know you're connected to a particular uh, Native American figure, if you go, oh, I want to hear from this person, then you mm. you know, have a picture of them or, or try to meditate and tune and ask for guidance and then receive with your whole body. Be open to, it can be a voice, it could be a picture, it could be a random thought, it could be a feeling and pay attention to the moments where you make mistakes and you don't trust that because those are actually the best right. teachers. Because when is, you trust yeah. your intuition- you don't get to find out what 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 would have happened if you didn't. True. Sometimes I get random messages like, uh, one day I I we were packing for a trip and I heard pack an extra toothbrush. And I thought, that's silly. I just I'm gonna bring my regular toothbrush. And then as soon as we got to the hotel, I accidentally dropped my toothbrush on the hotel floor. <laughs> And I thought, okay, well, I'm calling down to the front desk and asking for a new toothbrush. And that's why they said pack. And, and that's why I should always listen. 
I'm, yes. But then uh, if I, but then if I just listen and I put two toothbrushes in the bag and James is unpacking going, are you nuts? Why'd you bring two? And I'm like, I don't know. And you don't get to find out really because right. you avoid that pitfall. Here's the thing about stress and anxiety. Our bodies have not evolved to manage the level of stress we're faced with today, which means that we are constantly in fight or flight mode. And you'll feel this through anxiety and overwhelm and also through your chronic health problems. Modern life breeds stress, which breeds disease. But if we want to be well, we have to lessen that stress ourselves. Now, I've personally been reducing my stress and overwhelm for nine months now using the Sensate. It's a small palm-sized device that sends infrasonic waves through the chest in order to activate the vagus nerve and calm the autonomic nervous system, which is the body's command center. You use it while playing the specially composed hemispheric audio within the app, and the majority of people report feeling calmer after only a short session. Everyone I lend it to ends up buying one because of how much calmer they instantly feel. Now I'm particularly recommending the Sensate to anyone who suffers from anxiety and wants help calming the nervous system, those who want to deepen their meditation practice, and people who are looking for ways to be calmer and more grounded. You can get £30 off the Sensate by visiting getsensate.com and using code LAUREN30. That's G-E-T-S-E-N-S-A-T-E dot com, LAUREN30. Thank you so much to Sensate for partnering with Recondition. Now back to the episode. But you just have to, and this is, I love what you've said about pay attention. So like we had this, we went to, when we were selling our house and we were looking for a new home, we went to see this house and this house was gorgeous and it was like overlooking a field and it was huge and within our budget and like every and had this huge garden and the one thing that we wanted we wanted to upsize and we wanted a big garden we wanted space and the Daniel was like this has some like all we would have to do is convert the garage and redo the kitchen we won't wouldn't have to do anything else just like a bit of decoration and he called up the agent straight away and he put an offer in and he put the phone down and I went that's not our house and he went, what are you talking about? You loved it, everything. The garden was huge. I was like, I know. I know. I don't know why I'm saying this. And I'm annoyed with myself. And I go, but it's not our house. I don't know what it is. You have to trust just me. Know. It's not our house. Yes. And honestly, the series of events that took place, by the way, all guided by DX. After that, that happened towards us, the crazy, I mean, I'll tell you about it another time, but like crazy stuff about how we sold our house the house yeah. that we found, we've now found this holistic school for our kids, which wasn't, wouldn't have been anywhere near the other house. We wow. wouldn't have been able to send them there. Like all these things that happen, I can't even tell you, like this whole series of events, the point is, is that I listened to my intuition and there have been many times where I did not, like you say, and that's sure. how you learn because you know how you, and I didn't get, you know, the audience, uh, like message. No, it was, just knowing. It was I don't know. I can't explain it, but just please mm-hmm. take that offer back because it's not, that's not our house. Yes. But what I loved from everything you spoke about was about, you know, for those people really here kind of looking to deepen their intuition. And it's one thing I say, you know, on my academy to all my ladies, like the one thing you have to be doing here is deepening and strengthening your connection to your intuition, because that will guide you on everything. And, oh, how do we do that? 
show up, like just pay attention to the signs and those yes. small signs you were recommending, like the feathers, the the animal medicine, the small 3D signs, they could be anywhere. And it's funny. I, I, I think I told James about this. Like I had a, my, my animals, my animal totems are dolphin and wolves. And obviously I live in London, right? I'm not anywhere. I see dolphins or wolves, yes. um, which is good, right? Because it, it, it shouldn't have to be obvious. It can't be like, you know, a cat. <laughs> and, um, I was having a really hard time. My first shamanic death since working with Don Javier. And I mean, I was deep in this shamanic death and I was like, I can't even, I could not function. I could not function. And I was like, just please give me a sign. I need to see a dolphin, right? Just give me the sign of a dolphin. And that same day I was picking up my daughter from nursery and there's a car in front of me. And you know, the cars, like the four wheel drives with the, it's got like a big wheel on the back of the car. And mm -hmm. on that wheel was a picture, like a sticker of a dolphin. And the next day, so that was the first one. And then the next day, my son, who only ever chooses to watch like cartoons and whatever, decided to put David Attenborough on because, I mean, he was six at the time because he was learning about David Attenborough at school. And he put this on on Netflix and I'm upstairs and I'm just doing my own thing. I can't remember what I was doing. And he went, mommy, dolphins. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I love that because people get into their 3D thinking and think, I can't ask for animal guidance. There are any animals in this city. So that's and exactly yet, my point of saying that. Like if you look right. for it and you accept it as a sign, you accept it as right. guidance and well, as support. Where am I going to see a dragon? You know, exactly. and what was so funny was that it was happening me and my mom. My mom had gone to, she always goes to these health conferences. She's like a self, me and you and my mom would just adore each other. She's, she's basically become her own natural path. And she's always at I a health that. expo or conference. And she saw this pendant that was written in Chinese uh, calligraphy. And she she went, Jennifer needs that. And she bought it. She can't read Chinese. And then when she checked out, they said, this says dragon. Oh my God. And she was like, what? So I was telling her about this and she's telling me and we were like, wow, that's phenomenal. Um, I love that you bring up the house because we had the same experience with our house in Sedona. James actually put an offer in on a, on a different house. And I had, that's not our house. And I, he had asked me, he had been looking, looking, looking for a long time. And he had asked me, when am I going to find my house? And so I meditated and I said, okay, it, it's going to come in the market. I think it comes in the market. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk this out loud just in case people are wondering, how do you receive intuitive guidance? And then what do you do with it? So I'm, I'm closing my eyes and I'm looking and I'm seeing a calendar and I'm seeing dates pop up. Like I'm, I'm seeing like April 11th, April 18th. And then I see in Boulder, May 23rd to 28th, kind of like it's highlighted on a calendar. And then I said, after that, I don't see any dates. What I think that means is there's going to be houses popping up. There'll be one in March. There'll be one in April. There'll be one in the 18th. But what's interesting is I don't see any dates after May. So what I think they're showing me is that the house we get is in May because then it, those are the other dates that you're looking at houses and then it just stops. And um, it's on a street with animal names. Are there any streets in Sedona where there's lots of animal names? And James is like, yes, there's a whole neighborhood where every street is named after an animal. Like there's, there's all of these like hummingbird lane and red Hawk lane. 
and, um, you know, coyote lane or whatever. And I'm going, okay, so it's named after an animal. And the reason you haven't seen it yet is because whoever is in it now, they haven't decided they want to leave yet. So it, it, you know, this is the part of like intuition is we're all connected to each other, right? If you think about buying a house, you buying the house was contingent on another family or, or another person deciding I'm going to live in a different space. Mm -hmm. So there's a letting go to let that in. And this particular couple hadn't let it go yet. And finally this house comes in the market and it's on an animal street name. Um, and it's on, it comes on the market on May 23rd and we go and look at it. And my, I had written a list down of uh, the dream house and everything on the list is just ticked off. Even like, I want to live to where I can just walk out the backyard onto a hiking trail. Mm. And, um, James is speaking to the owners and they said, you know, we built this house and we're the only people that have ever lived here. And we just couldn't decide if we were going to put it on the market or not. And then we decided. And the minute they did, he came and looked. And so that's like, you know, leaning into what's the guidance that I'm receiving and how do I navigate that? Part of receiving intuition is you've got to interpret the signs because it's speaking in code. And I think that one of the things when I'm encouraging people to dial it up or to lean into it or to study it is that you've got to be present to what for you is a distraction that pulls focus that doesn't allow you to be present enough to notice that mm. something's tapping you on the shoulder because so what are intuition of those okay like in our modern society uh there's music playing everywhere there's mm. not a lot of silence and when you were in you know when you work with a shaman he highlights silence 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 i i will answer you in the silence that you have to get quiet both physically and mentally that and that's where i think yoga really supports intuition because you are training your mind and your body to hold still even if it's uncomfortable even if something else is happening even if you're dripping sweat or the or the pose feels painful you're training i'm just going to be still right now and i i think that comes back into there's so many quotes biblically that highlight this too you know be still and know that i am god there's something that's a connection to if you want to connect to source you need to be still and silent mm. And so learning to quiet the mind, that could be learning to dial back your anxiety or or learning to identify what's an anxious thought. For, for me, anxious thoughts come in the right ear, guidance comes in the left ear. So I've begun to tune to like, where am I, where am I receiving that? Um, I think that the elements can support you. You know, I I used to have trouble holding still. And so I forced myself into a 10-day silent retreat where the challenge was not silence. It was the stillness because you hold still in Vipassana. When you're at one of those retreats, there's three times a day that are sittings of extreme discipline where you pick your meditative pose and then you don't move for one hour. And it doesn't matter if your back hurts or a mosquito is biting you, or you have an itch, you learn that there's just these sensations and thoughts arising and moving in the mind and the body all the time, and you don't have to respond to them. And that level of, I can train myself to hold still. I think we humans today, we need a practice where we're practicing that we're in the gym, lifting the weights of, I can hold still in my mind and my body. And then also paying attention to 
how much chatters going on. Are you immersed in an environment where you always have the TV on or you always have music playing? Do you allow yourself to go into nature or be still and silent? And then uh, the food that we eat too, you know, I mean, I'm sure you talk about this a lot, that there's vibration to food. If you're putting things in your body that are either uh, low vibration or even just distracting you by now I have a stomach ache or now I don't feel well. Now I don't, I'm paying attention to my ankles feel swollen and I can't pay attention to whatever else my body's trying to tell you, which is so important for clairsentience. Because if you're clairsentient, then you're using the body to feel. And one of the things I did when I started dialing up my intuition was I started being very, very careful of my diet. And I would receive like, what do I need to eat? And what the first time I met DX Lauren, I sit down and we're we're having dinner, and he goes, "You're gonna have dinner with him." Oh well, yes, come to Sedona. Um, and he goes, "You know, there was a time he did not know this about me. This is the first time I'm meeting this man in the, in the 3D. I was dreaming about him. I had met him in a dream time. I had met him in meditation, and he looked, sounded exactly the way that I saw in my mind, but we're sitting down to dinner and he goes, you know, there was a time when you were learning to develop your uh, perception. He calls it, he, he distinguishes between intuition and perception. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around what does that mean? But he said, there was a time when you were developing your perception and you felt it was necessary to not eat meat. And that was correct at that time. But now you've honed your skills and you've moved on from that. And when he said that, I was like, wow, yes, I went, I was a vegetarian for six years because there was this moment where I was, I remember, I remember exactly where I was sitting, what I was eating. I was having some whole foods, tuna fish. And all of a sudden I saw the eyes of the tuna, the pack of tuna swimming by me and their, the panic in their eyes of being caught. And I, saw that and I threw the tuna in the trash. And from that moment onward, anytime I would sit down to eat meat, I would see the eyes of the animal looking at me. And if you've ever gazed into the eyes of a fearful animal, how could you take a bite after seeing that? So I eliminated meat and I would, I refused to eat meat around my psychic readings. And then I refused to drink alcohol because I needed my vibration to be strong and high in order to tune in. And now I don't do energy readings for others. I just teach people how to unlock their own intuition, which I think is a much more useful tool because listen, folks, if you're going out there and getting a, a psychic reading, and this is coming from someone who used to give them, you are relying on someone else to interpret the signs and signals that they're receiving and then tell you what that means for you. And right. only you have the context. You know, there's a... African proverb that says every man that dies is a library that burns. Mm -hmm. And that is, you have so many stories, not only in this lifetime, but in past lifetimes, in your ancestral blood history that, you know, interpreting the signals that the universe is trying to get you get your own direct telephone line. You know, don't be, don't be borrowing a stranger's cell phone. Let's just get you program here. And also, so I, I know you talk about this a lot and it's, you know, it's something maybe you can speak to briefly that when you give advice, like you're getting, you're, you're channeling a message and you know, it's for someone 
how do you know when to give that or when to hold it back? And like some psychics oh, yeah. will give information that maybe will direct some, take someone in a direction that maybe they weren't meant to go on or, you know, we yeah. will, will have free will. So which, you know, we're we going to choose. And, and I think the issue with going for psychic readings is like, it's because we want confirmation, right? It's because we want support yes. and we want confirmation yes. that that things are going to be okay. And the people we love who are no longer with us physically are there watching over us. We want confirmation right. of that. But like you say, isn't it way more empowering to be able to know how to tune into that yourself? So like how, yes. but, but just from someone who is deeply psychic, how do you know when to shut up? Like if you get some sort of message through. I definitely share less now than I, but even I, I would, I'll tune in body wise. I can always feel like a pressure on my heart if it's a no, you yeah. know, and, and sometimes, and, and then I feel like a pressure on my back. If it's a yes, it's like, they're pushing me forward. Like you need to say that. And I'm, I'm very selective now. I think DX has really, or I, I know that DX has really um, supported me in understanding what my gifts are and then how to how to use those gifts. And one of the things that for me, this is for me, everyone listening, I no longer will give psychic readings because of the energy it takes me to go into someone else's auric field. And sometimes I absorb or I take on whatever's going on for them and then I'm affected afterwards, but also because my brain, I've got my own stuff, you know, I've got my own mental, uh, cerebral cortex that I'm filtering things through that brain. And sometimes I run the risk of twisting something in the wrong way and then providing someone what I thought was well-intended guidance, but it was actually a little bit off, you know? Right. And, and so um, I think if you are seeking out psychic readings, you know, I used to sit at the feet of my Reiki master and just be like, can you tell me more? Can you tell me my past life? And she was like, not important or <laughs> you'll remember. And right. I love that she answered that way because she would all she would throw out these tic-tac comments sometimes where I'd say, you know what's so funny is I can watch French movies and I understand, but I do not speak French. I don't have French lessons, but I like I I just when I hear French and my mom's the same way. She when she was a little girl, she saw a pillow and said, Oh, look, mom, it says Noel. And my grandmother said, What? It what do you, how are you reading that? That's in French. And my mom said she did a double take. And that as soon as my grandmother said that she looked at the pillow and she saw that it was French and they looked up the, the, uh, definition of it. And it said, Noel in French, but my mother didn't speak French. And so she and I both believe we had a, this past life in France where I'm connected to that somehow, even though in this lifetime, in this 3d reality, it's like, that makes no sense. Yeah. But, you know, I think, um, if you're seeking out readings, then you're coming to that with a presupposition. This person has a gift that I don't have. This person can see more than I can see. And one of the things that DX says to me regularly is what I can do, you can do. Mm. You need to tune in. You need to. And that's, that's fair to say, if you think about the scope of human experience, that we're all just humans having an experience Right. And there are people who condition themselves. Let's take like a pro athlete, like a, a triathlete, an Ironman, for example. They've trained, they've conditioned, there was a starting point where they began to learn. And then um, I think her name is Siri Lindley. She's an amazing athlete that went from, you know, zero to hero, like d d finishing last in every race. 
to winning the gold medal in triathlons. And so that's how I think of intuition. You can do the same thing. You know, if you can produce that in, in, in a triathlete, then you can certainly become the Olympic gold medal winner in your own intuitive connection. And if we are truly all coming from the same place, we're all connected to source. Wouldn't it make sense that we could find our way back there, that we could tune back in ourselves, that we don't actually need someone else to do that for us. We need to learn how to do it for ourselves to, rem mm. to remember who we are and remember who we're guided by. And also that we don't have to give out all those messages to prove ourselves, even if we're getting them. Oh, that's or, so know, good. And that, that, like, you know, and that was a hard pill to swallow was um, one time the ex said, you don't need to show off your gifts. You don't need. And, and when he said that, um, I, I went like, I don't think I'm showing off. And then I realized I was showing off to myself. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to prove to myself, I've still got it. Right. It's <laughs> you know, so true. As, soon as I tell you, as soon as I start describing to you, your dead uncle that you haven't seen in 15 years, that was like a father figure to you and died in 1995. And I could physically describe him and tell you everything. Then I walk away from that call going, I have access. I believe that I right. am clairvoyant right. and I don't need to do that to my, just, just believe in your own ability. And then that will strengthen it. Yeah. Like I, I often get things of like, not so much, you know, dead uncles or stuff like, although I have, but I will, I've had things like, as an example, I just, I knew that a friend's husband had cheated on her. I just knew. Yeah. And yes this came out years later and I knew I couldn't say anything. Right. Yes. And I have experiences like that a lot. And that's where it's very clairsentient and it's not necessarily me being told something or seeing something in a vision. It's just like, Oh, fuck. like I feel deep in my being that something has happened. And I know that that's happened yeah. right now. Yeah. So I've had two experiences where someone cheated on me. <laughs> And I, and I received it psychically one time. Oh, wow. I received it. Oh yeah. Received it in a dream. And I, I went to him and I said, I had this dream and this, and the dream was I, I, I went into his room and there was a woman's sweater hanging on the bed. And that was, that was the dream. And that was the symbol of he's mm -hmm. been with someone else and didn't tell you. Mm -hmm. And then I had another one where, um, that he came to me in a dream and it was pouring rain. So rain's emotion. And he was crying. And I said, you have something to tell me. And he couldn't speak. And I thought, I think, I think you aren't, you're not being real with me when you say that we're exclusive. And when I confronted him, he said, no, 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 no. What are you talking about? And I was like, okay, why don't you give me permission to read you? And he said, okay, I'll give you permission. He was looking away. And I went, no, you have to look me in the eyes and give me permission. And this is a thing in, in energy healing. If you're going to work on someone's energy and Reiki, you ask permission and they've got to either psychically turn, turn and face you or look you in the eyes and say, yes. I give you permission. And finally, after three times, no, you're not looking at me. You got to give me permission. He looks me in the eyes and goes, okay, I give you permission. And I close my eyes and I start walking him through. He had told me we were exclusive and this is like three weeks into being exclusive. So I'm, I'm walking him through everyone that I think he's been with that he didn't tell me. And there were four. And when I opened in three my weeks, 
He's a busy guy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I could have gotten the time. Maybe the timeline was off, but yeah, I saw four and I was describing the color of the hair and what he was feeling and who they were and what context they had and what had happened. He was going through a lot at the time um, in his own family. So I, I actually wasn't hurt by it. It was just like, let's let's be real. We're breaking up in this moment. Um, but I opened my eyes and there's tears streaming down his face. And I said, on a scale of one to 100, how accurate was that? And he said, I think you got one of the hair colors wrong. I think she was brunette, not blonde. And I was like, well, maybe not naturally. <laughs> now two things. That, you know, when you're, but when you're in, when you're tuning to that, it's like actually hard to be upset at circumstances like that happening. Cause you just go like, oh, this is, I'm just being guided in this moment to see this so that I can make a little left turn here. Yeah. And so a couple of things that you've said that really resonated and, and, and this is what people need to look out for when, because we're going off on tangents here, but we are still getting yes. lots of tools and tangible <laughs> ways to develop <laughs> this. But buckle up, people, listen carefully. You've got to read between the lines here. But you said the sweater was a symbol, right? Having another woman's sweater yes. was a symbol yeah. and rain mm-hmm. was a, a symbol of emotion. emotion. So we're yeah. looking for symbols all the time. So I used to have, my mom and I used to go to a spiritualist circle and the medium there would help us tune into what what our symbols and our signs so like if you saw if I saw a rose it meant a birthday if I saw mm-hmm. someone knitting it meant there was a baby coming like you know stuff like yes. that there were lots of symbols so yes. that's what we want to look out for like what are the signs so we look we've we've spoken about animal totems we've spoken about things like feathers it could be anything for you it could not it might not be a feather like open up to what it could be a specific flower anything at all the shape of a cloud like you know absolutely anything yeah, and what it means to you too you exactly. know James and I don't look at clouds and I actually have this photo I'll have to send it to you because this was I, I I texted it to DX and Mandy as soon as I saw it we took a photo of me in a boat in uh, we had rented boats in Austin Texas and it was one of those days where there's not big fluffy clouds in the sky there's kind of that paintbrush wisp of white in the sky and there's a cloud that I did a double take and went, that's a dragon. Oh my God. And, and you were going to say this because I'm going to send yeah. you later a picture that I took in the sky because a healer that I yeah. was working with was like, let me, let me know when you see the dragon. I was yes. out with Daniel and I look up at the sky and I was like, what shapes that cloud? And we both yeah. look at it and he went a dragon. I was like, oh my God, I've got to send yeah. that to you. Yes. I'm going to send oh, you that chills picture. All chills all over. Chills. Chills, my clairsentience. That is a clue that you're perceived. I get chills when I say someone says something that's true. Yeah. And that's my lit my body goes, yeah, that's true. And then I start getting chills. And this the more truth it is, the more like rolling chills I get. Sometimes they won't stop for like minutes on end. Um, yeah. And I think that the knowing that the universe communicates in signs and signals, uh, think of it like uh, you know, when you're if if you have a pet my dog owners, you know, you, if, if you love a dog, you know, that you can communicate with that dog in a lot of ways, but think of that. They've never spoken English to you. They've only communicated with nonverbal or little yelps, yips, and barks. And the amount of communication I was telling James, I wish I would have had a camera on last night because my, my boy dog is not the alpha. He is the beta to our small female dogs, alpha. And last night she had a bone and Bruce came to me and does this. There's an injustice has occurred. He does this. Woof, woof. It's, it's like <laughs> a very specific bark. 
And that means something's not fair, mom. And I look at him and I'm like, what, what is it? And I look over at Indy and she's just laying down on the floor and I go, do you have a bone? And I go and she's laying under a bone and I go to take the bone and she just places her little paw over the bone. Like, I don't think so. I would like to keep (laughs) this bone. And then I look at Bruce and he goes, like, that it's not fair. She has one and I don't is what he was saying. So I go in and get a bone out of his bed. And I said, do you want this bone? And he sniffs it and he puts it in his mouth like, I guess. And then as soon as I give that bone, Indy gets up and says, I'll take that bone. He can have this one. So I give that to her and then he gets the bone and they both sit down in their beds and start chewing their bones. And I went, I wish I would have recorded that because that's like how you have to communicate with the universe is you get this tiny little nudge or like a song comes on the radio and you're like, oh, should I pay attention? I get a ringing in my left ear. Mm. If they, if I meant to listen to something, it'll just be like a short burst of tinnitus, just like, and then it'll go away. And then I'm, I'm listening, like, what are you trying to tell me? And we do that with our animals all the time. We believe that they're communicating with us without words. We're just watching. And then people don't do that in their life. You've got to go out and watch, like watch nature, watch your environment, watch your body, watch your thoughts in your mind and see if something's trying to talk to you. You're just listening in a different way. You're wanning right. that. Like you're listening in the, the from the sky. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I deeply believe that if, if that's what you need, the universe will give that to you. But then, then there's going to come a time when it's time to listen more, you know, like, okay, I'll keep, I'll keep tapping on your 3D, but then at some point I'm going to require you to look inward, you know, and, and listen yeah. with the inner voice. Absolutely. Can we go into the Claire's quickly? Because it'd be really good for people yeah. to oh, yes. know what's what. And just before we do that, very quickly, you were saying about the ringing in your ears, something that DX has guided me to see. I've had that for my whole life, right? I will get that short burst of like a yeah. ringing. Yes. I just thought everyone got that. And <laughs> actually what, what he's guided me to see is that this is also communication from other life forces. Mm, yeah so now when it happens I used to be like oh go away what is it and now I'm like I lit whatever I'm doing I stop and I close my eyes I'm like okay what what are you trying to tell me what do I need to yeah 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 (laughs) okay yeah so the Claire's Mm -hmm. okay Claire's so we've got um clairvoyant that's probably the most common or everyone's heard of that that's being able to see now on the um, base level clairvoyance again would be numbers on a clock seeing animals in the 3d finding feathers on your path it could be having really vivid dreams um now upper level clairvoyant would be like your mom being able to physically see auric fields colors or white smoke around people um, which has happened to me just a few times. And I I was like, <laughs> whoa, I think I tripped out and scared myself and then kind of turned the volume down on that. Which How you, you can react do. To your you can actually say, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you must react with love and acceptance versus fear and avoidance to, to you can turn also- the volume up. Like I, when I was, when I, cause when I had my very, very profound experience, I was 20 and mm-hmm. I mean, I'd had experiences my whole life, but I was 20 when I had this hugely profound experience and um, the, the, I guess the medium and the spiritualist circle was like, you are literally being taken out of your body and they're come and the spirits yes. are coming to you all the time. Like I was, you know, that scene in, in, um, in ghost 
where yes. Whoopi Goldberg yes. has yes. all the, the the ghosts around her and they're all talking and they're like, because she's just turned it on and she was faking yeah, right. before that. That was what it was like. It was, I and I'd be lying down at night and I put the pillow over my head and I'd be like, please stop, please stop. I thought I was going mad. And she said, you're mm-hmm. not going mad, but you've opened up the channels for it. And so it's all coming to you now. And I wasn't yes. ready for it. So I had to switch yes. it off and I've had to switch it back on very incrementally at my yes. own, at your level at, of at my pace and with my permission when I want to receive it and when I don't. So just, yeah, yeah spiritual boundaries to say that spiritual boundaries. Yeah. 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 People, I actually just got a DM recently about what do I, I'm, I'm, I really want to become more psychically tuned in, but I'm afraid I'm going to open up something dark. And my response was, let's replace the word fear with con- a valid concern because there is a possibility that you can you can tune to the dark side. I, I'm a huge Star Wars fan and I really believe the force is on a spectrum, guys. There's there's the dark side of the force and the light side of the force and you want to work in the light. And DX will say that. I, I work in the light. I work with the benevolent ones. Mm-hmm. That implies there are some dark ones. And you can and make that so, choice. Um, yeah, but you know, I think vampire movies are really true. You got to invite the vampire in. You have to say yes in some way, even if you're not intending to let something work in. Like I, I won't even say the word, but I won't play with a particular toy board that right. allows totally, spirits yeah. to come in. I, I won't even say the word. Won't touch it. Won't yeah. come near it. If I see any the word written or I see it in a store, I My walk mom the other way. Said that Another to me. thing, she was I was like, don't do ever it. go near those. Just promise yeah. me. Promise me you'll never yes, do it. You'll don't never go near it. With it. Right. Because that's an open door where anything can come through. Could be light, could be dark that I just got chills. And then the other thing that, and this is, uh, this is probably going to be controversial for some people listening, but I won't touch tarot. I won't touch anything that says tarot on it because we don't know the source of the tarot deck. It emerged in history at a moment in time. And actually DX confirmed for this for me one night of like, it's unknown, unknown mystery of where it came from. Did it come from the light? Did it come from the dark? There's cards that reside in both worlds. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't play in that deck because I, um, I know that there's light and dark in that deck and I'm not sure how strong my capacity is to say no, no dark. You know, I, I'm, I know cognitively what level I'm on, but when you pick up a, a toy that has some dark in it, then you should be aware that maybe you don't have the personal power to don't play with any yeah. anything that's yeah. that's controversially maybe on the dark side. Um, okay, so then we've got clear audience, which is psychic hearing. Um, if you experience ringing in your ears, if you hear the same song on the radio, if you hear in 3D someone repeating to you over and over, like, wow, you're the third person to ask me that, that's audience. Uh, okay. The deeper psychic okay. level would be like actually perceiving it. it for me, it sounds like a, it's almost like a thought or like if you if in this moment, if you just say something to yourself in your own head and no way you've heard that, but it's not in a 3D hearing. It's, it's like that. Um, Clarsentian is being able to perceive and feel with your body. So rolling chills, the hair on your back of your neck, standing up, getting a gut feeling, feeling butterflies in your stomach. Sometimes a heightened level of that would be physically being able to feel pain for others. Like, you know, I'm a identical twin. So sometimes I can, I can feel emotions that my twin sister is having on the other side of the country. And I've talked to a lot of twins where they like, 
uh, they felt the physical pain of their brother, like their brother injured their knee and all of a sudden their knee hurt. That's a level of clairsentient. Claircognizant is you don't know how you know, but you know, that's challenging because you don't have anything to point to. You can't go, mm-hmm. oh, my arm hurts. That must be someone in my life is hurting. Does your arm hurt right now? Jill did a Reiki healing on someone that had a broken arm and came home with just tremendous bone pain in her arm. And that was our cue of you need better spiritual boundaries. You got to be able to separate. That's your energy. This is my energy. And as my Reiki master said, when that happens, you just like, if you saw someone drop their keys on the floor, you'd pick up their keys and say, these are your keys. I give this back with peace and love. And it's not with any judgment. It's not, ew, yuck, take your bad vibes back with you. It's just here. I give this back from where it came from. This energy doesn't belong to me. I give it back with peace and love. And then you move on. Um, and then there's some fun ones like Claire Olfactory and Claire Gustatory, which is taste and smell. Those are, uh, more rare. Um, I do know someone who says they can smell cancer, that it smells like am, rotten garbage. I am all olfactory. That is me down to a T. Wow. And yeah. I yeah. I don't think I've spoken to you about this before, but like this has been something that, you know, like when you experience things as a kid and then you just think like either you're weird or everyone must feel like this. Everyone must have this experience or like from such a young age, I remember like I spent obviously a lot of time in hospitals my sense of smell is so strong, so much stronger than the average human that bad smells or I perceive as bad smells would literally hit me in a way that I can't cope. And I think mm-hmm. that now understanding that it was that strong in order to connect, to show me like I, to, to connect me to that sense, one of those human senses, which gives me a connection, deeper connection to the other senses. I will literally I know this sounds, all right, we're not going to use the word weird, right? But like, it sound might sound a bit strange to people. Before I meet someone, or if I can see someone, I know what they smell like. Like, you know, everyone has their own smell, right? Wow. Yes. And, and it's not just like people go, I see dead people. I, li- I smell dead people. Like I know which, yeah. <laughs> which spirit is around just by the smell. And everything for me is connected back to smell. It is I the love biggest that. thing I, in yes. my life. I cannot tell you like, Everything has a smell to me. Everything. Um, you know, my I learned that while I was studying Reiki because my Reiki master's mother, she would smell flowers like lavender, roses. I just got chills. And my grandmother had a very particular discontinued Estee Lauder perfume that she always wore. Her whole house smelled like it. And it's kind of this cinnamon clove smell. And after she passed, I would smell her when she was around me. Mm. And after she passed, I would wake up in the middle of the night and go, hi, grandma. And then I'd go back to sleep and I would see her standing at the foot of my bed, but she was younger. She was about 40 years old. And then I, and you know, in that half dream spake, it, it was just so normal. Like, oh, and then I'd wake up and go, whoa, wait a minute. Did I wake up in the middle of the night and say hello to my dead grandmother, but she was 40 <laughs> years old. <laughs> And um, that's what I think people who are just tuning to their, your psychic intuition, be graceful with your 3d self when your 3d self goes, right. I don't know if that really happened. That's okay. But then also have this other side of you that goes, I think that really happened. And you don't have right. to have it validated by others. You don't have to check in with someone else and go, I had this dream. Do you think that's real? I saw this animal. Do you think that means something? So true. Yeah. Just lean into, do I know that that's true? Because intuition is a process and and trusting yourself and your unique conversation with the universe. 
Totally. And like with the, I, and I think that's why I brought up the Claire olfactory thing, because for me, my whole life, everything was about what I could smell. And I just thought that was weird. Like I would, you know, ask other people, like, can you smell this? Or like, does this smell bad to you? Or like, I don't, I, I can't even explain it. Yeah. So it goes so yeah. deep, but I now it's, know that that is my because... way of connecting. That has that's been my, gift. that's my gift. That's my way of connecting to the spirit world somehow through yeah. one 3d, you know, human sense. And yeah. for everyone else, and, and like I said, I had the ear ringing. I have the different things. I, I, you know, have dreams and all of that. But that's definitely my um, primary one. I would say. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. I hope someone out there listening also has. I know because I just gift. thought I was so weird for so long, and I was like, "Why well, does such a funny one smell to like, me? Does anyone else smell roses? <laughs> Can you smell that? You know, right? <laughs> right? Yes, or like, I just, love that. Yeah, so so much. Jen, do you ever get like, because sometimes I just think about all of this and I go, whoa, it's got so deep. What mm-hmm. if none of it's real? Do you ever think <laughs> that? I think I've had so many, I'll tell, I'll tell a story that I haven't, I don't think I've told on many podcasts before. Um, I've had so many experiences and James has been my best partner for this because we've known each other since we were 20 and James used to be very, very, very logical and didn't, he was like, he's, he's as curious as you can get. So even if he doesn't really believe in it, he wants, he's curious, like, I don't know, prove me wrong. You know, that's just his attitude on everything. I think it, but I could be wrong. And, um, when I started studying this, he would test me like, let's test your psychic ability. One day he called me and he's like, okay, I'm looking at, he used to collect moped bikes. I'm looking at motorbikes. Tell me what color I'm looking at. I think you're looking at red and white. Oh my gosh, that's the color. I went six for six. And at one point I said, you're moving really fast. Are you scrolling? I'm, I'm, it's a blur. And he's like, I was scrolling. He hung up the phone on me because I was seeing what he was looking at. That's that clairvoyance. And then I gave a, a healing to his dad at one point when he was still with us. This was years ago, probably 2008. And he, he was going to have back surgery. And James's mother, who's just an earth angel, was like, I just, I know that he's not really into all this energy stuff, but I love your Reiki healings. And I just think maybe it would lower his pain level. Could you give him a healing? And I said, of course. So I'm working on him. And as I get to his knee in Reiki, you hold your hands over the joints of the body and you're moving energy. As I get to his knee, I, I, this my, this movie starts playing in my mind, and it's like a scene from Platoon, and it's the Vietnam, um, the, the jungle in Vietnam, and bullets whizzing by, and I see, I'm getting chills just thinking about this. I see two young men, one's taller than the other, and James's dad was six foot, and he's, they're running, and and I feel this bullet go into the knee, and then into the shin or, or around like below the shin bone, kind of below the knee, not, not into the knee. And um, then I feel in my body, this guilt come, I'm, oh, I'm just getting rolling chills right now. So after the healing, I didn't have the guts to ask Bill about it. So I go into James's room and I say, James, was your dad in the Vietnam war? And he said, yes. And I didn't know that. I, I knew he was wow. in the Navy, but I didn't associate you know, Vietnam jungle with Navy. I I thought he was on a boat. So then I said, okay, was he injured in the war? And he said, yes. And I said, was he shot between the knee and the ankle, like around his shin bone? And he, and at that point, James goes, dad, get in here. 
and Bill comes to the doorway and he goes, just tell him what I, what, what you told me. And I was like, okay, um, sir, I, I <laughs> was telling you and I, I'm like this timid little voice. Cause I'm afraid he's going to be like, this is nuts. You get out of my house. And I said, I was, I was healing you. And I saw, uh, these two men in fatigues and they're running through the jump jungle and there's bullets whizzing by. And one of them gets shot in the leg between the knee and the ankle. And then I felt all of this guilt rush up and he goes, that was me, baby. (laughs) And, and he said, you know, I, I don't talk about this, but I was injured and the friend that I was running with was fatally wounded. And I felt guilty my whole life that he died and I did it. And in that moment, I just got chills. James and I looked at each other and I went, I have a gift. And to have, I have so many stories I could tell, I could talk all day about these stories where when you have an experience like that, where you, there is no possible way that I could have had access to that information because James didn't even know that he never spoke about that. Then that's that irrefutable there's something here. And I I teach it because I always say I came in very gifted, but I learned how to turn it up. And I learned how to turn it up by learning to turn down everything else that was blocking it out, like by adjusting my diet, by learning to meditate, by learning to be still, by taking on yoga, by reading books, by learning from other people who have a higher capacity for this than I am by spending time with people who have a heightened level of psychic aptitude. James and I joke that I'm an amplifier. So if we meditate together and I say, do you want to see, then I can hold his hand and, and he can access clairvoyance. And what's so interesting is as I guide him through that, there's so much doubt that arises where I'm going, he's going, I don't think I'm getting a picture. And I go, okay, in your mind's eye. And I want you to look as if you're in a room And there's a small television that's been left on in the background. Is there any image? It doesn't matter all it is. What is it? And then, oh, I see something. And I'm like, okay, bring it closer. And as he starts to lean into it, then he can go on this whole vision quest. And I think that that's really what intuition is for some of us is it's a TV or a radio that's been left on in the background that we completely forgot about. And if you get quiet enough and you tune enough, then you can start to hone in on it. And then you can't not pay attention to it. It's like a dripping faucet. You know, you go, wow, how did I not hear that before? But you can, you train yourself in diffuse awareness, being able to be in this 3D body, but also be perceiving in this other realm. And women Mm -hmm. are particularly good about that because, you know, our brains are organized for that, for diffuse awareness. Because in in hunter-gatherer times, we had to be the ones that went into the field and said, no, not that berry, this berry, that berry's poisonous, this berry isn't. And men had to be the hunters. So you can't have diffuse awareness while you're hunting a deer. You would right. you would not kill the deer. You know, you have to have that single pointed one track mind focus. So and the we've femininity- evolved to still be like yes. that. Like essentially, right. biologically, physiologically, mm-hmm. our brains are actually still like that. We haven't evolved enough. Yes, we've developed yes. the neocortex and yeah. all of that. But our brains haven't developed out of that, which is why the feminine is the intuition yes. and 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 the masculine is more of the logic and when yes. you can balance that out both within you as a woman you as a man and also within you know it, a partnership if you're in partnership it that that's magical and just to yes. kind of go to 
to anyone who's listening who's like, yeah, but I don't have that level of psychic power <laughs> that Jen does. And that's also okay. And yes, and, and I you do, always by the way. And and I'll, I will say there's people that I have, I have said in the reading, I think you're putting a wall up because I can't read you. And, and then that person burst into tears and said, it's because my, my daughter organized this for me. I don't believe in psychic ability. And so I'm, I'm, you're, you're coming up against my doubt. And I said, okay, I just want you to suspend that for a few moments and see if you can imagine taking down a lead wall and just let me in. And then I was able to read them. So if, if you aren't able to tune in, it could be two things. Like there's, there's your perception and then there's what other people are allowing for and belief is is essential. You have to say, yes, I lean into this. I believe I could do this. And then that's like the beginning of any goal, right? You have to have the thought of what you want. And there has to be some level of believability. And I think I could have it because right. if you didn't think you could have it, you wouldn't even try. Like I'm not out there pla- um, practicing basketball because I don't think I could become an NBA all-star. So I'm not even taking any actions. But people, if they think that you can just, that you're either born with it or not. And I don't think so. I think it's all on a spectrum. I think you condition it, you learn it, you grow it. And that when you believe in it and you believe that you can become it, that's when you can really amplify your own intuition. Absolutely. And I think that there is the tool. So when I was going to say, okay, so like what practices can we use to, to really tune in and see what Claire we're working with primarily, I think you've just kind of hit the nail on the head there because it's all about awareness right it's bringing ourselves back to just be aware be aware of all these things that you weren't aware of before Um, you know and I think there's two elements like you want to believe this is real so I think reading books like um I have a book on angels that I read that I just loved that made it there were so many it was just stories of people having experiences with what might could be angels Mm -hmm. and you read a hundred stories like this and you start to go maybe this is real. So reading things that are other people's stories of these, of these interactions with things that are beyond the physical body that will increase your believability. And then I can't stress yoga enough. I don't even care if that's not your main workout or, or just get into yoga because yoga trains you in diffuse awareness. You have to be paying attention to your muscles, your bones, and your breath. And you're thinking once you get to an advanced level. My my Reiki teacher used to say, I can tell an advanced yogi with my eyes closed because I'm listening to the breath. And an advanced yogi will be in a rigorous physical practice, but the breath is steady and it sounds like they're holding still. And that's the gift of yoga is it's teaching you how to do two things at once. So I think yoga is the, an incredible tool for becoming intuitive. Oh, Jen, I could speak to you all day. <laughs> oh, I know. I know, I know. that you've got five more hours because we can just keep going. <laughs> that's that's all we need. Five hours. That's cool. Yes. Um, we're going to do it in London and we're going to do it in Sedona. So that's a manifestation yes. put out to the universe now. Um, but I am going to end with all about you because, you know, I love my rapid fire rounds. Yes. I, and I love these. Yes. Great. Okay. So the first one's always the same. Wellness is. I was hoping you were going to ask this because I was tuning to that this morning. And I kid you not, Lauren, as I tuned to my answer, I was also listening to an episode of James on the podcast. And he said what I was thinking in my mind out loud, (laughs) which is wellness is the alignment of your spirit, your soul and source. And James defines alignment of being in sync with your soul. You guys are just lobsters. 
He's your yes. lobster. <laughs> I can't even deal with how cute it is. Okay, because we're friends, I'm like just going to have a bit of fun here as well. And they're not going to be all yes. super serious. We'll, we'll, we'll get to the fun ones. Um, but firstly, what's your most valuable failure? My most valuable failure. You know, I think the first thing that comes to mind is my career at Lululemon. I succeeded in so many ways. I went after so many roles and I got dream roles, you know, like being an internal leadership coach for Lululemon was a dream role of mine that I wanted for so long and I got it. And I was on the regional training team and that was wonderful, but I was, I was in a contract role of a role that I really, really, really wanted. And there were probably five other roles that I really, really, really wanted. And I failed to receive those roles. I would, I kept, I kept going for interviews and then not getting it. And then James walks into my office one day, I had applied for 12 roles and I kept being told, we want you in this department tight. We're going to find your role. Don't leave us. <laughs> and James said, what if you came to work for me? And I just started crying and was like, that would be a dream come true. I would love that. And what I do now is the exact realization of what I wanted. And he says something in um, on his podcast quite frequently. And in one of the most recent episodes where he says, you know, when you're out of alignment with what your soul's meant to be doing, don't you think the universe might be putting some some obstacles in your path? Like maybe you won't fail. Well, maybe you won't succeed at that because you're not meant to. Because if you succeeded wildly at that, you wouldn't be available to go and succeed at what you're really meant to. So my most valuable failure in the last few years has been the positions I thought I really wanted with all my heart that I went for and I didn't get that made me available to accept the position that really is the fulfillment of all of my dreams and strengths where I get to share my gifts. And that's my role on team Wedmore. I love that. And I think everyone has experiences like that. If we really look at it, you know, yeah. where we fell. there's a great podcast here in the UK. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called how to fail. And she interviews like celebrities mm -hmm. and, you know, well-known people oh, I love that. and she asks them for their top three failures and they go into that. It's really That's cool. amazing. Um, one thing you always procrastinate on. One thing I always, oh, putting gas in my car. I just, <laughs> yeah, I so rewarded annoying, myself yesterday because I took my car to get washed and um, I had it like detailed and I came home and I was like, you know, I just have to pat myself on the back because washing my car and filling my car up with gas are two adult activities that I just put off to the last minute. And when I really, when I do it, I'm like, yes. I feel accomplished. I'm proud of myself. That's yeah, a silly I agree. One. They're such boring, annoying things. Um, mm -hmm. Who would play you in a film of your life? Oh, oh, who would I love to play me? Mm. Well, I the the if we're doing celebrity lookalikes, the lookalike I get all the time, which I I authentically do not see, but James agrees with them, so it, there must be something to it. Is Jennifer Carpenter the sister from Dexter? I even I was getting coffee oh, the other day. They like lit people. I've actually been asked to sign an autograph for her. Like that's how much other people think <laughs> I look like her. I don't, I don't see it at all, but I think that's because I look at my own face every day. Um, let's see. I, I just adore Lily Collins. I think she is so light and effervescent. Great, and yeah. is my favorite show. So if we could see an Emily in Paris where she's also a psychic intuitive, I would, <laughs> I am there for the that. Greatest honor. <laughs> I am there for that. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. If you could raid the brain of one person, you know, and retain all the information, who would it be? Dead or alive? Either. Either. Okay. If I could raid the brain, this is a cheesy answer, but Al- Albert Einstein would be uh, dead. I, I found that I find that he was my father's favorite scientist because he was so deeply uh, connected spiritually and yeah. one of the most brilliant minds. I just found out that his wife disclosed after his death that his favorite uh, book was Isis Unveiled, which is a very metaphysical woo-woo spiritual book about ancient Egypt. So I would just love to know what that man knew. And also I would say alive um, other than our our shaman obviously would be incredibly fascinating because he has the most incredible life experience and stories. I mean- But also some of the stuff he knows is like, can't be- really fully oh no came in like human mind right yes and I, yes absolutely. some of the lessons are yeah just yeah. you're like well <laughs> I don't and then it. I would say um I would say probably I, I would love to be inside the brain of Dr. Richard Bandler because he created oh, yeah. an LP he's got five PhDs in mathematics and logic so he's managed to create mathematical formulas out of language and his level of being able to do that is masterful when you watch him do it. And so that is, if I could rob that skill from his brain and just have it, then that's, that's who I would borrow from. (laughs) Amazing. Jen, I've just loved every second of this. Thank you so much. Um, People can find you on Instagram, right? Yes, they can. Um, I'll spell my my name. It's a nod to my French past life. J-E-U-N-E-J-E-N-N-I. And you can find me on the Mind Your Business podcast. I am James's co-host on Mind Your Business. So you can hear my voice a lot over there. And um, if you're in- And you're doing world, a great job. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I just feel so flattered when, I, you know, I was so nervous to take on- co-host seat because I admire what he does so much. And I thought, oh my goodness, I hope I'm able to support you and, and guide the conversation to the level that you do. But yeah, we have so much fun recording together. (laughs) You, you absolutely add so much value to it. And, and, and I agree, like I would have been like, no, no one can do what James does, but actually you balance, you guys balance each other out so much and you add so much value. So, um, yeah, everyone go and listen to Jen and mind your business. So thank you so much, my love. Thank you. Uh, what a pleasure. We could seriously talk all day easily. <laughs> yes. There will be a day where that happens. If you haven't yet heard, I have just released a free, yes, free journaling course. If you've always wanted to try journaling, but just don't know where to start, or you've been hearing how powerful journaling can be, but you just don't understand why, or you wanna create a daily practice that enhances your life, but you just need a little support in doing that without it costing you anything, this course will do all that for you. It is packed with content that will show you just why journaling is important, how to do it, where to start, and how to make it work for you. It is completely free and that is as a way for me to pay it forward because journaling really is one of the most integral parts of my growth practice and I want to give that to you. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes to get the course sent directly to your inbox. (music) 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of Reconditioned. I am honestly so grateful to each and every person that tunes in. Thank you also for taking responsibility for your own well-being. You should know that just by choosing to listen to podcasts like this that further your well-being, you're moving more deeply into abundance consciousness. Now don't forget I have a bunch of free resources over at laurenvacneen.co.uk as well as every recommendation you could ever need in regards to your well-being on the LV Recommends page, all categorized for your ease. Thank you also to our sponsors. These episodes would not be possible without them, so make sure to check them out and get some pretty awesome discounts on the show notes. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you can get updated each time a new one is released. Thank you. I appreciate appreciate you. Reconditioned is proud to be working with Women for Women International, a charity that supports women survivors of war in eight war-torn countries around the world. You can help a woman survivor of war transform her life today by visiting womenforwomen.org.uk forward slash donate.